You ready? Yes. Okay. Don't touch the mic. No, that's the that's our new intro. What did you have for <laughs> breakfast? And don't touch the mic. Do you want to do? Do you want to do our in in honor of uh, our lost producer? Do you want to do you want to do a Victoria impression? I don't. Do you want to do your? I don't have a Victoria impression. Well, you just say you know what did oh, you have for what breakfast? What did you have for breakfast? Oh, that wasn't. You didn't even try. Okay, She's so got more enthusiasm. She gets us all so, hyped. All right, Patrick, tell me what you have for breakfast. I had. I had. Um, well, it's like pretty late now. Usually we record in the morning. But now, so you don't remember what you had? So I didn't. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant. You could ask me what I had maybe like for you lunch were, okay. or as a snack you before the, I got here. You were the one that told me to ask you what you had for breakfast. And now you're going to just like act like it's you don't want to tell me? Yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding. So we are back. And what? We are, so you're still not telling me what you had for breakfast? Why are you so invested in my breakfast? Well, because now I'm just on the edge of my little seat. <laughs> I don't know what you had. I had coffee. That was it. That's all I ate for breakfast. Oh, well, I know. It's a little disappointing. That's why I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to let you down. Okay. Well, good for you. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Basis. We four corners in a triangle. Why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from a desk acting on the screen. You know who it is, man. It's Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer. She's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is Last Name Basis. You ready? Okay. <laughs> We're back in a, another storage shed. This, this one, one's bigger. This one's a little bit bigger. This one is kind of like the suite of, uh, of shitty storage sheds that are usually occupied by grungy bands. And it's still really cold, but I brought those little hand warmer packets. Oh, nice. Isn't that cool? You're ahead of the game. Actually, it's hot. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm sorry. I'm really excited about these little hand warmers. You're, um, so our my mother-in-law, Pat's mom, got these for me a while ago, and they sat in a box. I just didn't know what they were. She sent us a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally used one, I, w- I was so mystified. It's just a little package that you take out, and it just heats up. I don't know what it is. Do you know how this works? Magic. Science corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Science. Uh, do they actually... There's two chemicals in there that are like, they're opposites, but they attract. Opposites and then things get hot in that little packet. Two steps back. Mm -hmm. Keep talking. And you just, and it's just when you expose it to oxygen, actually. Oxygen is the the catalyst that makes it. (laughs) Makes these two components. We come together. (laughs) I just okay. wanted to see it, like how long you would keep trying to. Explain. I don't. I well, when we started the science corner, I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so that <laughs> that's what makes it fun. <laughs> that so, didn't help. Hey, we have something kind of cool that happened recently. We went to the Democratic debate. Yeah, we did. How cool was that? It was pretty awesome. Uh, we were brushing elbows with all sorts of congressmen and congresswomen. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, there's a picture of us with Nancy Pelosi oh out my there God. somewhere. I met Nancy Pelosi, and then what was so cool was after I met her and we were mingling around the party, before she left, she came over to me and she said, congratulations, do a great job tonight. And she, like, patted me on the back. Like, it was really nice. Like, she could have just left the party, but she came over and spoke to me before she left. She and, did, to give it, you words of imp- encouragement. I know, that was, that was so nice. And that she was, was nice. If you didn't know. She was encouraging me because I got to ask a question at the debate. Um, it was pre-taped, so technically... You asked a question before the debate. I asked it like a week before. But it was aired during the debate. Right, right. Um, and you know what was really weird was that 
people were staring at me and then I, I didn't know why. And then I thought maybe it was because of the debate question, but the debate question hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And then when the question did happen, no one, I don't think anyone recognized that it was me. Like the, we were talking to people behind me. And when I said it was me, they were like, Oh my God, it was you. Mm. And I was just, it was really weird. Did you notice that? I think they thought you were, what's your name from scandal? Who? Um, Olivia Pope. I, I don't think. look anything like <laughs> Carrie Washington. Like literally, you're because, just because they were they were staring at you, it or they were staring really... at me. Maybe because that's I mean, it's possible. Maybe they were like, "Dude, is that Leonardo DiCaprio over there? Did he show up for this debate?" Maybe, maybe it was really weird. You we know were trying to find a supporter. seat, and we were looking around, and just every single person in the audience was just giving us like death glare. I, you know, I don't know that it was death glare. It was, it was some kind of glare. They were glaring at us for sure. Oh, you know. But what? I don't know if it was if it was death eyes. Or, 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 like, sideways glances. I don't know. I can't decide. But one other thing they that happened. They were definitely all. I just, when you said that, you were like, oh, my God, I was looking at us. I looked around, and everybody was looking at us. It was really, really weird. And then nobody, and then you came up on the screen, asked the question. And no one noticed. And nobody thought that that was you. Nobody, like, put two and two together that they were sitting next to the person on the screen. I know. So it clearly wasn't because of that. I don't know. It's really strange. Um, another thing that happened was that someone came up to you and shook your hand and said thank you That's after right. the debate. Because I dressed like a man who had a had a reason to be there. There That's were a, why. okay. There were a lot of men in suits. Yes. Okay. So. So I didn't really maybe stand out. You didn't out in that stand respect. out. But maybe my suit was better than the other suits. Maybe my tie shirt. Suit combination, my color coordination. You weren't color coordinated. You me, were just wearing a regular suit with a red tie. A red tie and a yellow shirt on a black on a black suit, mind you, with a brown belt and brown shoes. That is fashion fucking forward. No, it's not. The triple that's, F. That's what like, they call it. No, baby, yes. that's terrible. Your shirt was yellow. Yeah, you couldn't even tell because it was that effective. Okay. Okay. Side note: Someone is practicing bass. And I don't know if it's going to come through or not. Yeah, you might be listening to somebody. We when I when we say that we are actually in a storage space, it's got some blankets on the walls, and it's cold, and there's a drum set in here. We're and not joking. Around us are all other storage spaces with bands practicing in them right now as we speak. Yeah, that's that's real. Oh, and just a shout out to everyone who made a comment about our sound being low last last week. Maybe you won't hear the shout out because maybe the sound will be fucked up again. But hopefully, don't do that. <laughs> I, I'm, hopefully, that, that is a hump that out. we will have gotten over this week. Baby steps. You're coming along this journey with us, and I'm gonna go next door. I'm gonna find these people, and I'm gonna tape them, and then and then you and us together can all hear what these what these musicians are actually doing in these storage spaces. And we can decide, maybe maybe they'll be awesome. Maybe they'll let me sing a few bars. Ooh, let's not. What? Maybe. For the po- it's for the podcast, I maybe. Know. I do it for the people. Okay, first of all, okay, okay, sure. Okay, maybe. Um, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> did you just did you just placate me because you know it won't happen? No, it wasn't even that. I just don't, don't wanna tempt me, I'm friend. just I'm trying to be um nicer is one of my new year's resolutions and i was gonna say something like shady about you and i decided <laughs> i decided not to do that well here's the thing just, on the topic of new year's resolutions it's like i've realized that i can't both hold myself to my new resolutions and effectively participate in this podcast 
What does that mean? Meaning, like, I can't both be the nice, decent, thoughtful human being that I want to be and talk shit with my wife on last name basis. Was that – I didn't know that that was on your New Year's resolutions list is be a nicer person. That was? Yeah, I don't – I mean, you know, it's always kind of there in the background, like, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know that was on your list. Um, it was on my list. Stop trying to copy me. Let's go back to talking about the <laughs> that debate. That wasn't shady. You're already it wasn't. sliding. You're backsliding into your shadiness. Okay. I don't think that that was shady. But I just – I do want to make sure that we talk about our experience at the debate. It's not every day that we get to go to a Democratic debate. It was really, really just an incredible experience. Um, the people that we were able – I was – I had – like a 30-minute conversation with Charles Rangel from New York. He gave me all sorts of life advice. Part of that life oh, advice. yeah, this is cute. The biggest life advice was to marry right, is what he told me. And I was like and when brushing he, my shoulder off. And when all he said thing. it, his wife was like, bitch, shut up. Like, she looked so annoyed. She was like, I've been with this guy for so long, and he thinks that he can say this, like, smooth line, and I'll fall for it. No, he was talking about her nonstop. I know everything, he was, but she was rolling her said, eyes. It was like us. He no. was being sweet, and she was rolling her eyes. Well, yeah, well, maybe she's got the same New Year's resolutions as you. That would that would be fitting. No, when you get into your 80s, you just don't give a fuck anymore. You don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, you could just be as rude as you want. Well, and everyone puts up with it. I felt like Hillary was really pandering. Like she just found out what white privilege means and now she's kind of like patting herself on the back for it. Yeah, she she every time and I tweeted this, every time she talks about about inequalities, race issues, anything that deals with black people and white people and different communities of color, she always sounds like she just figured it out. Like, yeah. she, like she actually, I, t- I tweeted this, it sounded like she Googled it like 20 minutes before the debate. Yeah. It's all stock stuff. There's a few very like entry-level statistics that she works in there. Like, did you know one-third of, like, black males will spend some time in the, you know, criminal justice system or something right. like that? It's like, okay, yeah, that's on, like, the Wikipedia, like, front page. You should be a way more knowledgeable than that. She's not, and she and she knows what she's doing, and she's smart enough to, like, give enough, but I, I don't believe that she has any sort of investment, and it kills me every time I, I like, the criticism turns towards Bernie Sanders, who I, I, I respect people who say, oh, okay, so you what, you marched in the 1960s, that doesn't mean that you're right. somehow better than other white people or something like that, you're, you're more enlightened. I get that, but at the same time, it probably does mean you're a better candidate for that particular cause than, say, Hillary Clinton. Right, well, and I think also, in that respect, the criticism is, is that, you know, Bill Clinton really pushed through the, like, making our prison systems like this profit machine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like and mass incarceration really happened under him and Hillary Clinton supported a lot of that, you know? And so now for her to suddenly come up and be like, oh, racial inequality, it just doesn't feel genuine. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it feels like in some ways she's like repeating things she heard. Like she was talking about the Flint, Michigan situation and she was like, if it was an upper middle class white community, they would be doing something <laughs> about it and I was like wait did you like read that on Twitter yeah she did you heard someone else say that she scrolled through it was like an amalgamation of like DeRay (laughs) Netta Kid Noble like a little 
Elon and like Sean White. Yeah, exactly. Sean King, rather. Exactly. Yeah, not the not the. Um, it's a it's an amalgamation. So there you go. Okay. They were like any Sean on the internet. We'll but, take yeah, any of them. Exactly. And she did it again when she was talking about the wage gap. She was like, "If men were making that amount to women, mm. you better believe." I was. And like, she had that what? inflection too, it, which I, was like she got loud and she was like, "This is a time to applaud me." <laughs> it was really like it just made me uncomfortable. Um, and I did also feel, oh my gosh, this was really funny. Was you know, so the whole thing for this debate is they had questions from YouTubers. They had four questions, and one of them was from Connor Franta, who is a huge YouTuber. And they introduced him by saying that he has five million subscribers. Oh, that was a kid, the the twenty two year old or he's something 23. like that. He's twenty three. Oh, he's twenty three. Oh, he looks me. very young. Yeah, he looked like a. He looked like he's like maybe like you know Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is in his twenties. He's like twenty one. And he still looks like he's like. No, 13. Justin. I mean, I, listen. I don't want to. I don't want to give Justin Bieber any props, but Justin Bieber's been going to the gym. He has some tattoos. He's okay. got a little. Okay, all right. Maybe I haven't seen him recently. Justin Bieber is like, I'm an adult, damn it. He's on like the Miley kick where he's like, mm. everyone, look at how adult and edgy I am. Connor Franta is not that. He looked like a, a young, like 17, 16 year old kid. Mm-hmm. But after they introduced that he had 5 million subscribers, Hillary Clinton was like, wow, 5 million viewers. That's a lot. <laughs> Congratulations on that. It was like, it was so. It was terrible. It was. It but was you know what's bad. really funny is she went and followed him on Twitter after the debate. That was like a news story. Is oh, that wow. After really? She, yeah, exactly. She, she said to him, the question was, how are you going to appeal to young voters? And she was like, young people love their rights. <laughs> Gay rights. Marriage rights. On voting rights. (laughs) On women's rights. On gay rights. On civil rights. On workers' rights. Like, what are you talking (laughs) about? She was like, young people and rights are my thing. They love their rights. It was really weird. They love rights. Cilantro, lime rights. Rights and beans. New rights and beans. (laughs) Brown rights. White rights. She, it was really weird. But then, like I said, she went and followed him on Twitter. So do you, like, I'm just curious. Do you think that that's like a... A political strategy for her? Yeah, no. I, I, did you hear when she said it? She's like, "Oh, good for you for getting me five million viewers." Oh yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, for getting five million viewers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's totally what she was doing. And she and she like jumped into that to say, "I want this audience." I did you notice that she leapt on her opportunity to answer that question? I don't think that, and I could be wrong on this. Was it directed? But at I her? don't think that question was directed to anybody. I don't think any. My question wasn't directed to Bernie Sanders, and he's the only one that answered it. It feels like everybody, and even poor O'Malley. He, he, I, I really do feel bad for him. Uh, yeah, he, he did. He, he was, he was very composed and he was very polite, and it cost him a lot of airtime. He was like, you know what it was like when you go to Thanksgiving dinner and they have the kids' table and mm. the kids are over at their table coloring mm-hmm. and like no one is paying attention to them because you're at the adult table. That's how I felt about him. I felt like he was off to the side, being like, "Hey, can I get some more mashed potatoes?" And it's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> like we're, we're still eating over. Here. When he was, when he said, "Can I have thirty seconds?" <laughs> and then he said it in the most, dis, in the most depressed. And Lester way. Holt was like, "No, we're going to commercial." And yeah. then, like, it was so sad. He was trying so hard to interject, and it was really just like Hillary and Bernie. Why is O'Malley yeah. there? And then 
between the commercial breaks, he even went over to Lester and he was like asking him, like, Listen, looked, bro. It, I, I have to assume that that's what he was you speaking gotta to Lester about. You got to give me about. a chance, you know? Yeah. But to be, you know what? And, and then, like, the other side of that is that he barely made it on that stage. So, oh, really? Yeah. But the point is, is that, like, he has such a slim chance of actually getting the nomination that it really makes sense to hear more from Bernie and Hillary because right. they're the they're the people that everyone wants to hear from. They're the people that everyone's supporting at least at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Bernie did a good job and I you know, it was really interesting is I did a post debate interview and the woman asked me who I was voting for and I said, "You know, I'm keeping my vote to myself. I think most people can figure out who I'm probably going to vote for and I'm still open to being like swayed. I don't I'm not like super sold on Hillary, but like whatever. I think the thing that like is bothering me though is like these Bernie bros. Have you encountered them? No, you you mentioned something about this recently to me, but I haven't I haven't encountered. Any oh my of this, gosh! No. I mean, no more than no. I mean, what you explained to me, and, and I'll let you explain it for the audience okay. right now. But, but it, I mean, I see the same thing from everybody else's supporters. Maybe I just feel like people that are gung ho for Bernie are in my mentions all goddamn day, tweeting me "Feel the burn" and asking me why I have not publicly oh, endorsed I... Bernie Sanders. Can you blame them? They've got this really. They've got the cool like. Got I don't cool, know. I don't think that's a good slogan. I think it's a great slogan. It Feel the burn. It's no. so obvious. And now every and you got the little fire emoji. Come on, everybody's using that. Yo, this, the... this Bernie is lit. You know, and the, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, listen to you. It's you all... just wanted to say lit. No, I didn't. You did. I had to say lit. But I, what I'm saying to you is, you wanted to say it. This burn is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like feel the I'm burn. Cut that out. Go ahead. D- don't cut that out. I think you're editing. Oh, week. right. I am editing. Um, don't I don't like feel the burn because it sounds like you contracted like a, an STD. It sounds like a UTI or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. It just feels like kind of gross. <laughs> and I feel like once you've been there, you don't want to go back. You don't want to feel Ooh, the burn. Okay. You know, and so uh, yeah, that's not maybe. something I want. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, I I suppose that's true. But feel I feel you know, the soothing coolness. You know, would be something mm. better. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't work, though. But feel the burn like it works. You know, yeah. and, and they're like, oh, you know, he's on fire. He's heating up. It's the burn, whatever. This burn is on fire. Thank you. for You know, you like really kind of I like, I took it to the next level. Credibility. <laughs> well, you talked about singing earlier, and I just, I that's partly why, you know, I, okay, I'm not talking about that, though. Well, listen, listen. He, you know. He's got his he's got his cool little slogan, and I don't blame people for taking advantage of it. You were saying though that your experience is that Bernie supporters get extremely Aggressive. into themselves and really very elitist about their support of Bernie Sanders yeah. and what he stands for. What exactly are you talking about? Well, like what I, specifically? If you can give us an example or just you know, well, general... okay. So I was talking to my friend about this specifically in regards to people that, and this is not all people that support Bernie Sanders, but specifically when it comes to like Bernie versus Hillary, mm-hmm. a lot of times what I have seen is people saying like really sexist things about Hillary in support of Bernie Sanders, and it's almost as if if they are patting themselves on the back for being really progressive on a bunch of issues, but then they're not progressive on like gender equality. Or I saw the same thing happen when like the Black Lives Matter people were um, protesting at, at Bernie's 
campaign events mm -hmm. where Bernie supporters were then saying like vaguely racist things. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was and it was very much in the line of like you need us to support you. Like, this is the man who's actually going to do something for police violence and, like, racial equality. So, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you sort of thing. Mm, I, I, well, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm just telling you. I mean, the first part of that would make some sense. Like, that's a fair response to people who are. Uh, yes and no, because I think. But the second part, the hand that feeds you, you need us thing. Like, right. I, I, mean, that's, I hate That's people, absurd. I hate when people do that. This This whole idea of, like, I'll be an ally to you only if you don't call me out and only if you, like, praise me and give me cookies all the time. Like, otherwise, I'm going to take that away from you. And, like, you need me more than I need you. I'm good over here. You yeah, know I what I mean? Like, I don't know. I didn't I didn't actually see any of that. But, oh, my gosh. You know, it's I'm been – it has been ridiculous. And, and I, I think that everyone should vote for whoever they want to vote for. I really – feel a little uncomfortable telling people who they should vote for. I don't feel like that's my job. I feel like it's more important for me to tell people to be informed about the issues so they can make the best decision as to who they vote for mm. rather than me saying, you should vote for this person. I honestly, I can't stand people telling me what I should do. I can't stand like the basic, the ba like the regular news articles that are like, this is why you should be concerned about this. I'm like, don't tell me what I should be concerned about. You can <laughs> exactly. go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. you can give me some information. I'll decide whether or not to be concerned about but it. But I also think that's, like, in your nature because you're a hating-ass hater. <laughs> why is that being a hating-ass hater? I no, just no, want no, to be is. treated with a little respect. It is, because, like, if an article says, like, you need, like, the top ten places to shop this winter, you're like, nope, don't tell me where to shop. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, you just automatically <laughs> decide that you don't like it. And that it's like taking away your rights. And you're whoa, like, whoa, I whoa, like whoa, rights, whoa, rights. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're like, I like white on rights. I like brown rights. I like. I will stick to you like white on rights. Exactly. And then you get upset. And Feel I'm the like, burn, no, bitch. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're I'm doing gonna, it. I'm gonna Bernie bro you. Oh my right god. Now. Please. I'm gonna Bernie box you. Please do not Bernie bro or Bernie box me. Yeah, I feel like Bernie boxing is like when a bunch of Bernie supporters like smoke weed in like a Jetta or something. Or no, no it has to be no. some sort of like some sort of uh no, hybrid car. Bernie Bernie boxing is when is when a bunch of Bernie bros surround you and just start like yapping aggressively, like offensively into your ears. It's like being boxed in the ears. Oh, it's okay. just like it's just like it's just like overwhelming bro. and bro. they're just like Are you seriously bro. saying that Hillary the cares more about the proletariat than Bernie? Serious. Yeah, no, he's doing serious what you're saying right now. They should be calling it Bernie. The fossil fuel industry and proletariat and Hillary citizens united. I that sounds like my worst nightmare. That was one of my critiques for for Bernie is that is he kind of goes back to the same talking points. He keeps falling back on the exact same concepts, but he does it in exactly the same way. The real issue is that Congress is owned by big money and refuses to do what the American people want them to do. And and here's the thing, I think that he might be right in terms of Citizens United, in terms of control of the economy by Wall Street, mm -hmm. us placating the big banks as opposed to as opposed to looking out for the little guys or the majority. I mean, he has he has a point in terms of following the flow of money yeah. and saying, Well, this is the real problem, but he keeps going back to this. Well, this, you know, all the power goes to the people who are buying off politicians and that's just how it is. But he keeps saying it in the exact same way and he says it in 
response or during this the debate I don't, especially. I feel like he pulled it out of his ass for things that it didn't relate to. Well, in a sense it does, though, because really, it's, especially in a capitalist system, it's really all about controlling resources. The more money you control, the more control you have over the community. And, and so where you put that money or allow that money to flow based on your you know, based on the laws that you create, is going to determine who gets to call the shots. And so that makes sense. So if you take money from education, you you are obviously going to create a less educated population, masses. You're going to you're not going to hurt the education of the wealthy few. If you give that money to the wealthy no, few, no, you I, just empower them more. You see I what I'm agree, saying? No, like I do, I do. I understand see how it. it touches all the issues, but he has to make that connection a little more apparent if he's going to go right back to that talking point every yeah, time. Yeah, and it did kind of feel like you said, he just went as soon as he saw his entry point. He said, "Okay, I know exactly what I'm going to say," and it didn't really feel like he was actually searching for the answers to the questions. He was just going straight back to like, "Okay, we're going to make it go back to the money and like who's getting all the money." And I, I just kind of I wanted him to do a little bit more, but I, you know, I think he did okay. I don't think he did. He did really well. I thought he did well on my question. I was happy about that. Really pissed me off when, after the debate, a bunch of people were like, well, who do you think won the debate? It's like, you you do realize nobody wins these things, right? There is no winner. Yeah, that was kind of weird. And I think picking a winner is really dumb. It's more like propaganda than it is, you know, than it is, like, anything useful. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're there to hear what they have to say, their thoughts on certain issues. When you say, who won the debate, it's like picking, like, a, it's like picking a champion. It's... They haven't even gotten the nomination yet. Yeah, no, that's true. That's that's a fair point. Well, I'm just excited that we got to go. Charleston was great. We ate boiled peanuts. We ate a lot of boiled. Well, we wanted to eat more boiled peanuts than oh we God, were able to eat. Oh, God, they were just so good. It's we so stayed good. in an amazing hotel. We had a really good time, and hopefully, you know, um, four years from now, maybe someone will invite us to another debate. Yeah, hopefully. Because that was the last one. That was it? Yeah. It's the last, the last debate we'll ever see. Well, I'll debate. I'll debate you right now. You okay. want to debate? We can do that he- right here on the podcast. Okay. Um, you want to have a debate about the Powerball? <laughs> is there a is there a debate to be had about the Powerball? Well, did we win? Yes. No, we didn't win. We didn't win. But neither did this other woman. Apparently, some some woman who was going by the name of Cinnamon Nicole started a GoFundMe called the Powerball Reimbursement Fund, which is hilarious because apparently. She alleged, and who knows if this is true, she claimed that she spent all of her and her family spent all their money on Powerball tickets. This GoFundMe is for $100,000. Right. Well, I, I'm willing to bet they didn't have $100,000 that they spent on the Powerball. But um, that's how much money she would like but someone that's how to much give she her? Would, yeah, and it, the thing is, is that somebody, a lot of people, obviously a lot of people are like, this is awful, what a shitty thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of people said... I'm pretty sure that this is fake or hoax or something like that. My thinking is, if you start a GoFundMe, you're going to take that money. Yeah. Unless they shut it, which they did. GoFundMe shut this down and refunded the money to the people who gave it. Yeah. People, by the way, gave a total of over $800 to this woman. Well, and here's what I I always think in I don't know what that was about. but I always just think if someone is dumb enough to give her money because she chose to spend all her money on lotto tickets... I mean, I don't lose anything. So, like, why am I upset? Why, you know what I mean? Like, she didn't break the law. You know what I'm saying? I'm more upset, like, if Darren Wilson, you know, gets a GoFundMe, which did happen. Right. Obviously, but, that's that's more egregious and far right. worse. So, like, I can't believe people are getting upset about this. I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure you've given money to a few people in your life that, that might not have been oh, wise I decisions. I don't give money to people. Not I anymore. I... 
Oh. Like the time you almost joined that cult. Okay, no, it wasn't. And it wasn't a, a free cult either, it was it? It wasn't a free cult. It was, um, okay. And I tweeted no, no, no. about it, we too. We don't have to go into your cult experience, your near okay, cult Okay, I experience. didn't join a cult, okay? It was like a self-help seminar thing. <laughs> and I was in a start. really low point in my life. I didn't have a job. And my friend, and this is this is how I should have known, oh my is God. my friend didn't have a job either. But he was doing this shit. And he told me, just come on and join. And you know, this pissed me off. He called me. This is how he wrote me in. He was a friend of mine. We weren't that close. But I wanted us to be closer. Stevie, I love that this and is... And he called me. I need to I need to explain this because I, I feel like people is... are I... listening to this and they're going to say, Fran almost joined a cult. And I just need to Th- clarify. That's the takeaway. If you're if you're out there listening, that, that's that's the takeaway for you I guys. I did not almost join she a almost cult. She almost joined a cult. Basically, like... Like, they used the technique on me. He called me, and he said that he really loved me and cared about me, and he wished we were better friends. And would I come with him to this seminar? Mm -hmm. Because he felt like he saw a lot of potential in me that I was not harnessing properly, and that this seminar helped him, and it would help us become better friends. And I was very touched. And then I went to the (laughs) seminar and then they asked me for $400. It was right before we were getting ready to get married. And I was like, I'm getting ready to get married so I kind of don't really have $400. They were like, this could be a wedding present to yourself. And I was like, "Mm." I don't think that's how wedding presents work. I was like, that's not wedding presents. That's not how they work. And then I, I really thought about it, and fr- and um, well, this could be a wedding present to yourself, like not not for you and your husband. They didn't even invite no. me. No, they, <laughs> they were like, "This is all about you, girl." That's fucked. And my friend, you know, I left and I said, "I'm gonna think about it." And I thought about it. I went home. I looked it up. I tweeted about it, and everyone was like, "Girl, you in danger." Do not join that cult. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank God I didn't do it because I would have been four hundred dollars uh, poorer. It was a really expensive cult. I mean, that's a pricey cult. And I'm sure they don't supply you with like good snacks or I could have done like a ten dollar cult. Like a like a like a Netflix. Like an afternoon cult. Yeah, like a, you know, just one like that's the price of a few coffees. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you know, it's like, you know, like a like a like a cult matinee or something. Oh, yeah, exactly. I want like a do they have like those um a cult club like subscription box. Like oh. I get those snacks every month. Can oh, I get yeah. a different cult every month? Oh, so you could like taste test your cults. Yeah. Like and one then time you could you're decide. Have, like, the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could decide like who you want to worship and right. what family members you and are you, willing to sacrifice. And if you don't like, you know, if you don't like the Kool Aid that month, you can just send it back at no risk or like obligation. Or if you're going to become Tom Cruise's next wife. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's something that you could try. You could try that. I like this idea. I we should start this. I think a we could start up like a little like monthly cult in a box. Like we'll send you a little religious it's a cult figurine. In a box. You you have. A, it's a cult in a box, babe. You have a series of strict rules that you can't you cannot disobey. Ooh. <laughs> you have. What else do you get in the cult in the box? A cult in the box, yeah. This is all proprietary. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, yes. Please do not steal this idea. No, I meant the song that you were singing. Oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> As you're stealing <laughs> someone else's song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I definitely just stole. No, it's parody. That's right. fair use. Oh, totally. It is. It is. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. I think, I think it'll pass legal muster. Plus, they'll never hear it. 
Yeah, exactly. No one's listening to this show. Yeah, we're, we're not blowing up. So, um, why don't we jump down to the official statement from the Academy president on lack of diversity. Oh, my God. So, the Academy president, and you know, and, and Fran, I'll turn this over to you pretty quickly because obviously you've got the big hit video about how Oscars are so white. <laughs> And you've got <laughs> well, thank that you. Echoed. Yeah, it did echo. Wow. Uh, you seem a little salty about that. I'm not salty. No, not at you're all. Like, of course, you've got the hit video. I was just saying, you know, you're clearly the expert. So I'm as I talk I'm doing about all right. I'm doing okay. As I talk about, you know, the the statement that was issued by the Academy president. You know, I we'll I tag team. I know people out there are thinking, like, really, do we want to hear it from the white guy <laughs> in this couple? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Because I'm, I, I know she made a statement, but um, she did. It was, it was an interesting statement. It wasn't a long statement, and it really kind of straddled, straddled both sides. It said she has to. She's trying to keep her job. Of course, of course. And, you know, it, but at least it was a statement. I, if you don't know this, she's black. Right, and I kind of feel like the Academy set her ass up in that respect. I think it's an everybody win. So the president comes forward, issues a statement that doesn't say that they were wrong in any way. Because she says, I'm disappointed. But does say she's disappointed. But who's she disappointed in? I mean, you could even read it if you wanted to. It'd be like, I'm disappointed there aren't more talented black people out there. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> maybe she's like winking at the white people. Right, that's so fucking funny. I think that it's more of a case of she wishes it was better, but it, you know what it is? It's kind of like racist wish, white people and Obama. I and wish like, this oh. is better, but I'm really making a lot of money right no, now. No, 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 no. <laughs> this okay. is what I mean. I mean, I was going to bring up Obama because I feel like it's the same in the sense where people say, we can't be racist, we've got Obama. But Obama doesn't get to make decisions about every single little thing. Like, there's certain things he can and cannot do. And I think that... Cheryl Boone Isaacs is in the same position in the sense that, like, yes, she is the Academy president, but she can't decide who's in the Academy and who's not. It's a revolving door Mm -hmm. in the sense that you get to be a member of the Academy once you get nominated for an Oscar. And so as long as the Oscars continues to be a lot of white people and a lot of white men and a lot of men and women over 60 years old who are... Uh, somewhat out of touch when it comes to popular culture, the Academy is going to stay male, white, and old. So there's not that much she can do in that respect. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and and she, did, she did say that they're implementing specific changes. She didn't specify exactly what they were, but to bring in more diverse uh, judges in these things. I don't know how they're going to do it. Apparently, uh, the, the criteria is that you have to have received or been nominated for an Oscar in the yeah, past. you have to have been nominated in order to be a member of the Academy. So I don't really because know. You get to, then you get to vote. I don't know what the history for the nominees looks like, but are there no, I know that there are very few winners, and I know that this season there are like zero people of color nominated that are nominated. For acting. for acting. For acting, okay. And do you then judge that? Do you, If you get no, nominated you get for to, acting, no, can you? you get to you get to vote for everything. Like you get okay. a ballot and you get <clears throat> so what's really interesting is around Oscar season these anonymous ballots come out where um I think it's Vanity Fair does it. I think it's Vanity Fair. I I, I maybe it's them or someone else, but it's like a big Hollywood um entertainment magazine does 
anonymous Oscar ballots as kind of like a prediction. These are things that people have put on their Oscar ballots. And it's really, really eye-opening because it lets you see how these voters think about these films. And most recently I read from an anonymous Oscar voter or Academy voter who was saying that a lot of people for films like Straight Outta Compton, for example, which I have not seen, but I heard was a very good movie, that a lot of members of the Academy refused to watch it because, I mean, it's a movie about NWA. You know mm. what I mean? And, like, their hit song, Fuck the Police. Like, there were just members of the Academy that were like, no, I'm not going to watch this. And mm. that's really – that really, to me, says a lot about, like, the culture of the Academy voters. Well, do they do, they do the they, – they obviously do the, like, choosing of who they think should be the winner – are they also do they do they all nominate together and then choose out of the nominations? You like sub, you or, you submit like for your consideration. So like honestly, anybody well, those could are movies, be, right? But what I'm telling you is like when you are a but act- obviously you can't. Ex- what I'm saying is you can't expect every Oscar judge to see every film. So yes, you can because they get that- screeners every single. If you are a member of the Academy, so how do they narrow it down? Do you know how they narrow it down? Because you can't be a, the complete universe of movies. Right. That so year. what happens is is that's why people campaign. So that's why when. Oscar season happens and Leonardo DiCaprio wants to win his Oscar. He starts going on all the television shows. He's in the magazines. He's all these places so that Oscar voters or Academy voters will see him and then hopefully be persuaded to pick up his movie. If he has a lot of buzz from like, you know, reviews and stuff, yeah, they'll probably watch it. But I have friends that are writers on shows and are now members of the Academy because they've written on movies or or I think like after you're in the Screen Actors Guild or some shit like that, you are able to qualify and they get screeners. And they just have every movie that's in the movie theater, they have a copy of it. And that's how they watch and then um, you have to get like the highest ranking in order to be considered for like the next round of like possibly being a nominee. So like it's like a scale, but you have to have like the highest ranking in order to even be considered. It's gotten really it it, it has gotten really wild. I don't know if you saw that Jada Pinkett Smith says that she's uh, boycotting the Oscar. Right, Spike Lee is, but doesn't Spike Lee boycott like everything? Let's listen, fuck Spike Lee. Um. Yeah, she's boycotting the Oscars, and, like, I don't know. I'm not planning on watching the Oscars because I'm not really interested in any. I haven't seen any of the movies, so I don't really have, like, a stake in the Oscars. I'm in a campaign right now, not for my movie, but against Leonardo DiCaprio's movie. Because, and I've said this before, if we don't give him an Oscar, he will keep working his ass off forever. And then we win, see, because we will see him do more extreme more absurd and more ridiculous things in an effort to get a little trophy, which Maybe. is hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I think that people that get Oscars do still work hard. I mean, I don't know. I I feel bad for him. I feel like he's constantly doing the most to get his little trophy. Exactly. And he's going to stop doing that most well, if he, we give it to him. Well, here's the thing, too, is I haven't seen The Revenant, of course, but, you know, um, I saw his interview on Ellen, and he was all about how he was really in the cold, and it really was that freezing, and there was a live bear. And, mm-hmm. and I just think, well, then that's not acting. If it's really that cold out there, he's how, like, why am I He's like, I actually away? fought a bear to the death. I could have died. It's like, well, so you had a bear fight. So then that's not acting. That's real life. Like, that's like Jackass 4. 
Exactly. And we don't give Oscars <laughs> to those Actually, guys. The Revenant was supposed to be Jackass 4. I believe it. And it just it just turned into The Revenant. It slowly just snowballed, and that's what it became. Snowballed, because it takes place in the cold. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the movie, but I did see him say that it was very cold, and then, you know, that he went snot dripping down his nose, and it was freezing, and just to kind of, I don't know, impress upon you how difficult it was for him to do this movie, and as far as I'm concerned... That's not acting. That's just braving the elements. That's true. That's true. And you got paid millions of dollars for that. Like, I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. I have these little heat packets in my hand. I bet you had something we're, we're, way we're, better. We're in, a, we're in this bus. We should get some Oscars, man. We are, we are doing it for real. Right. We are, we are recording this podcast in a dangerous back alley storage shed. Yeah, dude, this is a scary spot. <laughs> I'm going to Snapchat this so that people can see like, that just how not a joke. sketch this place yeah, is. Yeah, we went, we really, we really, we started at the top, now we're here. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we started at the top, and now we are grossly below poverty. <laughs> I don't know. I can't talk. Um, so Time Out New York did 10 things everyone stops doing after 30, but New Yorkers don't stop doing. So this is kind of interesting. Meaning the rest of the country grows out of these things. The rest of the country has their shit together by 30 and New Yorkers don't. Okay. Um, let's see if this is true for us. Making out with strangers. People stop at 30. New Yorkers do not. Yeah, I stopped. Yeah, I, stopped I have. at like 20-something. Yeah, well, how old were we when we started dating? I've not made out yeah, with a stranger that's, forever. That's true, yeah. Okay, going to crazy parties until 4 a.m., then eating. Yeah, I do that. Yes, you you certainly I have do that done that. I do that a lot, actually. No, you don't no, do I, it a no, lot. I don't do it lately, especially not very lately, but yeah. I would. But when Patrick gets a chance to go... He goes hard, and I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I have to go to bed. And Patrick's like, well, I'm going to stay at this party and rage. I'm like, okay. And then he <laughs> no, goes, I don't say that. I'm like, I'm going to go hard for Bernie, bro. <laughs> Bernie, bro. <laughs> um, no, you stay and you party, and then it's 5 o'clock in the morning by the time you come home. And then you sleep the next day, and then you say, I'm never doing that again. And then you do it again. So, yeah, maybe that's because of New York. No, that's one thing. Never making dinner ever. Oh, see, I beat this one. I beat the yeah. odds of this one. You make dinner. I, t- I pulled us up from nothing. Like, out of nothing, I pulled us into the <laughs> dinner-making adult world. Ooh, I know this one. Smoking. Oh, I, it took me. I did get into my 30s and still smoked, but I am, I am no longer a smoker. Yeah! So it's been, it's been actually, it's been with no nicotine. It's been about a week and a half, almost two weeks. Woohoo! Yeah, which isn't which isn't forever. It's not a long. It's not long enough to avoid lung cancer. But you know what? But, but worth congratulating yourself. It's a for. huge deal. And honestly, I'm I'm over and I'm noticeably over the worst of it. All the really really hard stuff. The time dilation where every second just ticks by like an inf- like just like an eternity. And the pain and the suffering. It's pretty much gone. So it's just staying strong at this point. So okay. yeah. So I did smoke into my 30s. Time out, New York. But I gave it up. Okay. What about freelancing like it's our job? That's Uh, what you do. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody I know does that in New York after 30. Like, you just have to. The hustle, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Living with roommates? Yeah. uh, I know a lot of people that do. We actually know married couples that live with roommates. That's true. So, I mean, it's not. It's a real life thing in New York. God, I could not. I could not. Like, after my last roommate situation... 
I knew, and when you and I got together, I was like, never again. I will never have another roommate. This is the last time I will ever live with another person. And here we are. We don't have roommates. Um, eating on your bed. Yeah, you do that. I do. And I tell you not Everyone to. else it's stops disgusting. at 30? They should stop way before 30. They should stop when they get, when they like throw away their college mattress. That's I mean, when they should stop. if you're stop. not eating something messy. You don't ha- eat any other way but messy. Uh, I'm sorry, but if you. <laughs> that is so rude. We lost house guests based on how you eat bagels. That's not true. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's. It's not entirely true. First of all, Vanya has a terrible attitude. (laughs) Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Online dating, like a lot. You just moved right on. I sure the fuck did. (laughs) This could be a resolution for you. Don't look like a goblin when you eat. (laughs) Can you please answer the prompt? Uh, I don't go. I don't date online. I yeah. don't do any online. But dating. a lot of my friends in their thirties do, like Tinder and stuff. Oh yeah, no. Everybody I know is on because it's just too easy. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's honestly, I think it, for New Yorkers, it's there's so many people here. People don't settle down here, and they don't settle down very quickly. And I think it's just something for them to do. They're just like, well, I just date infinitely, and they do, and they never they never date for long. And free dinner. Oh, I think oh. we're being kicked out. Yeah, we're being kicked out. Do you want to? Yeah. This is this is the re- this is the harsh reality of being okay, in a storage shed. Out. Okay, so we're being kicked out of our storage shed. <laughs> oh my so, god, we have to go. Uh, we do have to go. We did. Maybe maybe we'll go home and we'll record a little extra. Maybe I have maybe to not. pack for like, Sunday. I don't care. All right, we will see you next week. <laughs> okay, I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was last name basis. Hey, I'm Francesca Ramsey. I believe there's a huge conflict of interest when local prosecutors investigate cases of police violence within their own communities. For example, last month, the officers involved in the case of 12-year-old Tamir Rice weren't indicted. How would your presidency ensure that incidents of police violence are investigated and prosecuted fairly? Senator Sanders. This is a responsibility for the U.S. Justice Department to get involved whenever anybody in this country is killed while in police custody, this should automatically trigger a U.S. Attorney General's investigation. (laughs) Second of all, and I speak as a mayor who worked very closely and well with police officers, the vast majority of whom are honest, hardworking people trying to do a difficult job. But let us be clear, if a police officer breaks the law like any public official, that officer must be held accountable. And thirdly, we have got to demilitarize our police department so they don't look like occupying armies. We've got to move toward community policing. And fourthly, we have got to make our police departments look like the communities Bro. they serve in their diversity. Are you seriously saying that Hillary cares Bro. more about the proletariat than Bernie? Seriously. Yeah, no, he was that doing serious, that serious, no, what you're saying no, right no, now. No, they should no, be wait, calling wait, it Bernie no, wait, care. No, wait, the fossil wait. fuel industry yeah, owns I said the proletariat words, and Hillary. Citizens United.